Hello there, I'm Dr. Rob Parsley, and this right here, this is your breakthrough. Well, yesterday, in part number one of my message entitled, The Effect of the Holy Spirit, I brought you some eternal truth from the Word of God about the role that the Holy Spirit plays, the effect of the Holy Spirit in your life will leave an undeniable effect upon your life. When you feel the convicting power, it's the Holy Spirit warning that evil exists, that it has to be dealt with, or it can be very, very destructive. You'd be shocked at the number of so-called Pentecostal, air quotes, churches that have nullified the effect of the Holy Spirit in their church services. Listen, without the living, powerful, moving of the Holy Spirit, all that's left is the doctrines of men. All that's left is anger and strife and sin finds a veritable breeding ground. So grab your Bible, the basis of everything we believe. Get it close by you and get yourself prepared right now for the conclusion of my message. It's life-changing. The power of Pentecost, the effect of the Holy Spirit. We need the pointed finger once again coming from the pulpits of America. And tonight, we're going to have ourselves a time. Because I'm not going to be talking about that we've asked the Holy Ghost to leave. I'm going to talk about the effect of the Holy Spirit. The, now, I didn't say the effect. I said the affect. Some folks don't know there's any difference. So let me, let me, let me break it down for you. Go, say, go ahead, Pastor. We're picking up what you're dropping. First of all, the Holy Spirit has an affect. That's a verb. It means to have an impact that produces a change. <laughs> I'm already wanting to run, but I know where I'm going. Affect. Then, because the Holy Ghost has an affect, there comes an effect. The effect is the result of the change produced by the affect. Now, the command is this, be filled. Now, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a mm, suggestion. Church leaders, Deacons, elders, worship leaders, singers, musicians, churchgoer. It is not a suggestion. It is a command. He didn't say, sometimes if the Hammond B3 hits just right, he didn't say sometimes if the singer is off the chart. He didn't say sometime if everybody else is shouting. He didn't say sometime when you let everybody else hear your prayer life. He said simply, be filled. I feel like the Virgin Mary saying, be it unto me according to thy word. We need some people crying out between the porch and the altar. Fill me up, Lord. And I'm not lifting up a little cup. 
I don't want him to fill my cup. I want him to fill my mind, fill my present, fill my future, fill my words, fill my thoughts, fill my motives, fill my intentions, fill every word that comes. Fill me. Would you agree with me that uh, it is a sin to murder? Would you agree with me it's a sin to commit adultery? Why? Why is it a sin? I got a few folks in here tonight. Type in there why you think it's a sin. Why do you think adultery is a sin? Why do you think murder is a sin? Why do you think lying is a sin? What, what Pastor Manny? Because it's a command. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. When God says be filled, he leaves no option for vacancy inside your life. I told you last night, where there is a void, something will fill it. And where we have left our churches, our hearts with a void of the Holy Spirit, don't you dare think it is a benign situation. It is not a standoff. The devil is routing the place. That's why the church is full of adultery, full of lying, full of stealing, full of cheating because we asked the Holy Ghost to leave and the breach was filled by every spirit but the Holy Spirit. Whew. I don't know how God the Holy Ghost has got me on this this weekend. Be filled with a little place left over over here for ungodly music, sung by ungodly people. Well, I need to, I'm a reserved person, therefore I need a little space uh, for me to give just kind of that half mass kind of praise with one hand. Bezalel was out to build the temple of God. He said, I've got to be filled. Peter had to be filled for resurrection preaching. Paul had to have an infilling for supernatural power. John had to have it for effective ministry. Prayer meetings in the early church were so characterized that the place where they were was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Beatitudes tell us that we've got to be filled to live holy. I just said a four-letter word and cussed right up here online. Holy. Let's lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. How many good sermons have you heard in the last 20 years on the subject of holiness? Oh, we're going to get into some stuff. John 3, 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Now, now, again, this is not benign. That which is born comes from the root of that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's all flesh can be. 
Now you can puff it up and powder it up, pluck it out and paint it in. You can get in your bedroom like some folks we used to have around here, spend half the night up going through the internet trying to learn somebody else's dance. Why are you laughing for? It's true. Well, at least they were trying, albeit wrong. That which is born of flesh, your intention, your desire, your motive, your motivation, your interest in it to begin with. That which is born of the flesh that you watch is flesh. And it's rotten, stinking, sinful flesh. And if you feed yourself on it, you will die. There is something, there is, oh God, there is a payday someday for every trip you take down the hog pen trail. You can get back and you'll be a pretty good duck for the shape you're in, but you'll never be the duck you might have been. That which is born of the flesh is what? Will it ever be spirit? Can it become spirit? That which is born of the spirit is, can it become flesh? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. I want to talk to you about four subjects if I can get through them tonight. Number one, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the spirit of death. Number two, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice I did not say gifts. I said the gift. You have to watch a Baptist boy preacher. Gift of the Holy Spirit. Number three, walking in the Spirit. Let's just do three. Let's start out on the Spirit of life. Here it is, Romans 1, 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation. And the church stops right there. They take them a spinning fit, a running fit, a shouting fit, because they're using their liberty as an occasion to their flesh, and then they wonder why they're dying spiritually. My God, I'm helping you tonight. There is therefore now no condemnation. Finish the verse. For those who are in Christ Jesus, here it is again, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Anybody that tells you you have to sin every day needs to go back to Bible school. You do not have to sin every day. They taught me that my whole life. You have to sin every day in word, thought, and deed. And I did a good job trying to do it. John 3, 5 through 7. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you. Now we're going to get deep here. Except a man be born again, be born of water, and of the Spirit, 
he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Therefore, Jesus said, what's up with you that you are questioning that I have said to you, you must be born again. I'm going to say it again. I've said it many times. It is my firm conviction that we may have 5% of the people attending evangelical religious services on Sunday morning who are even truly born again. They're not born again. William Booth, that great founder of the Salvation Army, said the danger of the 20th century, now we're in the 21st century now, of the 20th century church will be religion without the Holy Spirit. Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven preached without hell. I'm not talking about a decision. I'm talking about a conversion. A decision is a conclusion after some consideration. So, you can't go sit down in a restaurant, so you're going through those drive-throughs. So you get up to the drive-through at Wendy's, Jack in the Box, McDonald's, Taco Bell, whatever is your pleasure. And you pull up there, and while you're in that line, now some folks aggravate me in the drive-through line. The menu has been the same for 20 years, and you've been in this line for 20 minutes. And then you get up there to the squawk box and the little girl says, may I help you please? Well, just a minute, let me see what I might like to have. Shall I have a quarter pounder or shall I have a Big Mac? Heart attack in a paper sack. What shall I do? You are at the point of a decision. Finally, you make a decision. I will have a quarter pounder with cheese if you please. Now you've made a decision. You thought it over. You came to a conclusion. Why do you ask people to make a decision for Christ? All they've done is come to a conclusion. I think it would be a good thing if I might make a decision for Christ. However, we don't even ask them to make a decision for Christ. We tell them everything God's going to do for them and nothing God's going to require from them. I said, we, we tell them everything God's going to do for them. God's going to heal you. God's going to bless you. God's going to prosper you. God's going to bless you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You're going to be blessed coming in, going out. You're going to be blessed in the city, in the basket, in the field, in the store. Your bank account's going to double if you'll give $100. And we get them to the altar, and they've made a decision. But we didn't tell them there's going to come a time where God's going to require you to eat your living room carpet in prayer, crawling across the floor, begging God to not take his Holy Spirit from you. I thought I had a church. 
One of the very rich benefits promised to you in the Word of God when you honor Him with an offering during the Feast of Pentecost season is the power to overcome any problem and bring peace in the face of any conflict. I received word just this week that a longtime partner of this breakthrough ministry received an answer to prayer that was 10 years in the making. She wrote to me and said, you prayed with me for the battle that I was enduring. I won that battle in a court of law. With her letter was a check. It was over five figures. The power of Pentecost can bring restoration. It can produce victory in your life, but it's only released when you and I obey God's command to bring him our best during this one of three commanded feast seasons every year, Pentecost. Now I'm really believing for you that the Holy Spirit will speak to you about a Pentecost seed of at least $50. That would be a mark for every day between Passover and Pentecost. For others, of course, it's a greater seed because you're believing for a greater miracle, a greater harvest. So it's time to sow now your Pentecost seed, $50, $100, $250, or that uncommon seed of $1,000. Now when you sow that seed, $1,000, it will be my great honor to add your name forever on a beautiful plaque as one of my upper room prayer partners. Seeing your name there will remind me every day to pray for you, to stand in the gap, to believe God for the Holy Spirit to move in a mighty, mighty way in your life. I've also prepared impactful, can't do without, brand new ministry materials on the subject of the Holy Spirit, and I can't wait to send those to you as well. Sow your Pentecost seed now, $1,000, $250, $50. Do it right now. Call that number, rush your letter to me in the mail. You could do that as well, or just log on, as so many do, at rodparsley.com. Pentecost, the great feast, ends Sunday, June 5th. So don't put it off. The Feast of Pentecost is your destiny-shaking appointment with power. Sow your Pentecost seed before June 5th and place yourself in position to receive the seven promised blessings of peace, protection, and prosperity. Sow in multiples of 50 to mark the 50 days between Passover and Pentecost. For your double portion seed of $100 or more, our gift to you is Dr. Parsley's two-part video celebrating our rich spiritual heritage, What If There Were No Holy Spirit? Plus, grow in faith and power by reading about the people and events in the new book, 50 Moments of Pentecostal History. For your very special Pentecost seed of $1,000 or more, you'll be one of the first to receive the newly released three-volume Treasury of Pentecost, Truth That Turned the World Upside Down books 
that are foundational to the Pentecostal power experience. Plus, this exciting new revealing interview, Reflections on Pentecost. Learn how the Spirit of God has moved powerfully in this worldwide ministry in the past 40 years. Your name will also be added to the family of 120 upper room believers in Dr. Parsley's prayer chamber. For a commanded Pentecost offering of any size, you'll receive two vials of anointing oil to anoint your home and family. Please rush your Pentecost offering to the altar. The deadline is this Sunday. Call now or log on to rodparsley.com. Friend, it's time to release your seed, rejoice in faith, and receive your harvest. How in the world have we gotten so far from the convicting power of the Holy Spirit? Oh God, give us services where from the back row to the front row, the convicting power of your Holy Spirit will come upon men who are sleeping with people that aren't their wife, that will come upon fornicators and adulterers, that will come upon liars, that will come upon thieves, that will come upon bigots and racists. Oh God, let your spirit once again visit the earth in convicting power. Well, this, little, this is a little rough for some of you. I can feel it. Charles Finney was arguably the greatest evangelist of his generation. When Finney preached revival meetings, there were more people born again in the factories, in the streets, in the department stores than there were in the church services. Businesses would say, Mr. Finney, I have 3,000 employees. Would you come to our factory and preach to them? Where are the evangelists? Nobody's got faith for that. All they want to do is carve them out a little place, put them 300 people together, play golf three times a week, let the world go to hell. Charles Finney was graduating from law school. His lead professor called him in said, well, Charles, you're, you're about to graduate. Yes, sir. Said, Charles, I, I sure am happy. Well, I see here you're way up in the top of your class. Yes, sir, I've worked hard. You're graduating. Well, what then? Oh, I'm going to go into business in such and so city and hang out my shingle. Wonderful. What then? Well, then I suppose I'll make my money, I will put it away, and I will retire at an early age. Good, said his professor. What then? Well, I suppose then I'll grow old with my wife and our children will come and visit us on Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'll have great family time together. Wonderful. His professor 
pulled his rimmed glasses down to the bottom of his nose and peered over the top of them and said, that's wonderful, Mr. Finney. What then? Well, I suppose, I suppose I'll die. Yes. What then, Mr. Finney? What if I asked you that question? What then? Only one life so soon will be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That Bible over there is the only book that gives accurate directions to eternal destinations. In the words of the apostle Jude's book in your Bible, right back there by the book of the Revelation, in verse 20 are these words. Beloved, build yourselves up. Did you get it? Build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in unknown tongues causes your prayer life to be able to target what your mind doesn't even realize. The power of Pentecost can bring restoration. It can produce victory in your life, but it's only released when you and I obey God's command to bring him our best during this one of three commanded feast seasons every year, Pentecost. Sow your Pentecost seed now, $1,000, Do it right now. Call that number, rush your letter to me in the mail. You could do that as well, or just log on, as so many do, at rodparsley.com. Pentecost, the great feast, ends Sunday, June 5th. So don't put it off. The Feast of Pentecost is your destiny-shaking appointment with power. Sow your Pentecost seed before June 5th and place yourself in position to receive the seven promised blessings of peace, protection, and prosperity. Sow in multiples of 50 to mark the 50 days between Passover and Pentecost. For your double portion seed of $100 or more, our gift to you is Dr. Parsley's two-part video celebrating our rich spiritual heritage, What If There Were No Holy Spirit? Plus, grow in faith and power by reading about the people and events in the new book, 50 Moments of Pentecostal History. For your very special Pentecost seed of $1,000 or more, you'll be one of the first to receive the newly released three-volume Treasury of Pentecost, Truth That Turned the World Upside Down books that are foundational to the Pentecostal power experience. Plus, this exciting new revealing interview, Reflections on Pentecost. Learn how the Spirit of God has moved powerfully in this worldwide ministry in the past 40 years. Your name will also be added to the family of 120 upper room believers in Dr. Parsley's prayer chamber. For a commanded Pentecost offering of any size, you'll receive two vials of anointing oil to anoint your home and family. Please rush your Pentecost offering to the altar. The deadline is this Sunday. Call now or log on to rodparsley.com. Friend, it's time to release your seed, rejoice in faith, and receive your harvest. 